0: Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance, required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit, and consumer plan required. See details at
2: tmobile.com. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network.
3: Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of Kaiju Curry House. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm joined today by our regular hosts, Alex and Paul. Say hello, fellas. Hello. Hello. Greetings. We are also joined by special guest, Rashad Santiago from Face Off, and the newly coined writer director of Terror from Beyond Beyond. Say hello, good sir. Hello. All right. So as always, we start our podcast off with what have Kaiju been up to? Todd I'm going to go ahead and ask you because you've got an awesome looking office and you have all sorts of art you're always posting. What have you been up to, sir?
2: Well, as of late due with this whole uh, pandemic, um just uh, staying busy since I am the only one who works for myself. I really don't have to worry about contact with too many people just coming to work and deal with my monsters. Uh, so it's just been a lot of commission work. Uh, I made a Cthulhu-based face mask that did really well on Etsy. Um, and I've just been making those. Uh, a creature suit that I'm making for a buddy of mine who's shooting a Spider-Man fan f- a web series. Um, uh, and as well as some other projects that are going on in the background. Um as well as uh, Terror from Beyond Beyond. Sweet.
3: Well, as tradition holds, you get to pick the next unwitting victim to answer this question.
2: Hmm. Let's see. Let's ask Paul. What has Kaiju been up to?
4: Oh, nicely delivered. <laughs> um. Well, at the end of the last episode, I mentioned a film, and I just said, go watch it without any spoilers so I'm going to say a little bit now there's a film called Apollyon which is on Amazon Prime it's only it's it's five minutes long six minutes with the credits um, and it's not really a film so much as it is a poem almost uh, it's very dark so it's you know adult only it's it's um, it got nominated for nine awards so it's you know it's pretty good um, but yeah it's a very interesting take on the kaiju genre it's um, basically a story of a home invasion that goes very bad. Um, and as opposed worn, to good home invasions. The, yeah, as opposed to the good home invasions. I love
5: a home invasion that goes well. <laughs> Bloom and love it.
4: Well, Continue. Yeah, I would say Home Alone went well, but for the audience it did. <laughs> but yeah, this is a very dark one. And... Um, it's basically a woman grieving for the loss of her family and all the, you know, horror that's going on in the world and how that effectively creates a kaiju that's going to bring on the apocalypse. So, yeah, it's 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 different and I'd definitely recommend it. But other than that, I haven't really been up to much, um, apart from working in the heat. So I'm going to pass over to Alex. What have kaiju you been up to?
5: Well, thank you for that question. Um, in the same vein as Paul historically twisting, if not corrupting, the essence of oh, what well. a Kaiju genre is, with his <laughs> reference follows. to um, with his reference to Assassin's Creed <laughs> supposedly having Kaiju in, which we all know is BS. I've been playing a follows. game which is not. Uh, it follows is a kaiju movie when you look up 20 best um 20 best monster movies it follows is referenced so i will keep <laughs> standing my ground with that that is a hill that i will die on it follows is a kaiju movie however i digress because the two of you are misleading me pack that in i've been playing a game very well known game fallout 4 and i believe that whilst it's supposed to right Paul <laughs> what back off okay <laughs> don't scowl at me whilst fallout 4 is a post apocalyptic action shooter it does most definitely have kaiju in because i shot with a fat man a big ass mile alert queen and she was a kaiju i have fought death they are kaiju but listeners i can tell that you're thinking nah I- i'm i'm you know what i'm done with this show i understand <laughs> that so you know, more purist approach. I watched King Kong versus Godzilla with my son this morning. Nice. There we go. Good honest entry. He got ten minutes in and got bored. And then I said, "Okay, do you want to play Godzilla?" We went upstairs. He's two, so we didn't say much other than scream. And my daughter, who's five, said, "I know the game we're going to play. It's called Godzilla kills everyone." And the general rules <laughs> I think of the that's game a were a
3: comic, actually. It, it, <laughs>
5: Most definitely felt like that. Um, My children, for a good 45 minutes, screamed very loud whilst throwing furniture and cushions and pillows around, and I played the Surge Tankian remix of the Godzilla um, theme from the latest King of the Monsters, and it was great, so I had that belting away while my kids were just going, and like, except it wasn't that deep, it was (laughs) ear-piercingly. loud but you know what it's been good fun because my life has felt a bit like an episode of country file being in the garden a lot recently and i've not been indoors much so wrapping it up joe what have kaiju been up to
3: right so um as with everybody else i've had to find ways to occupy my time indoors so one of the people in our uk kaiju fans group Connor baxter He makes uh, kits with his 3D printer, and what I got off of him was his Gorgo kit, and um, I'm in the process of just uh, assembling that guy, or girl, Um, I guess we call it Agra, but um, it's been kind of a bit of a long one for me, because I didn't necessarily like the 3D print texture that it just gets. When it comes right out, it kind of has the ridges. Now, he did a very great job with it. It's just there are a few areas where the printer didn't quite fill in all the gaps as well. So I've slowly, slowly been doing that and putting in the seams or putting up the seams. And then um, I think I'm going to get done with all the joints this weekend. And I'm going to start on painting it. But uh, it's been really fun. And uh, he's just done a um, Clash of the Titans Kraken kit. And um, the Gorgo one that uh, he sent me is about 30 centimeters tall. So it scales in line with uh, X+, Plus, which is pretty cool because that's the other thing that I collect. And um, it cost me like nothing compared to what you get a resin kit for. So I was quite chuffed with the result because... I can buy more kits, <laughs> Alex. I gotta, I gotta say, earlier today though, you tugged at my heartstrings because you showed that link for the X plus nineteen seventy five Godzilla is going to be reissued.
5: Oh, are we going to talk about that?
0: Yeah.
3: Well, you and I are both huge Terror of Mecha Godzilla fans, and we both have the Mecha Godzilla and the Titanosaurus because those were diamond reissues.
5: So we need to complete the holy trinity there, and. It was teased earlier today, or when I got up, so, you know, like, yesterday's afternoon for America, and I saw it and was like, wow, that's a 75 Goji, there he is, okay, right, you know, I know what I'm buying. And then as the day unfolds, it's like, you know, I messaged Jason Welling, um, plug there to awesomecollector.com, who's our main man, and it's like, right Jason, so what's the crack, when are we going to see it? No reply. And I'm like, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm looking out for information on the pre-order. And it's like, oh, it's going to be a Japan exclusive. Okay. So I then have to kind of look through the different websites to see if I can get a translation. And it's like, ah, 245 US dollars before shipping. <laughs> before Aww. customs. Aww. Are, you, That's are you going to mean bite? That's mean. What's mean? What's mean? Two hundred
3: and forty-five bucks. That's that's deliberate milking, there. Shame on you, Xbox. That's naughty. I think that's I'm a already bit poor little, anyway because I bought steep. the
5: camera. <laughs> and how much is the camera? Not that much,
3: and it was a thirty-centimeter no. light <laughs> up. <lineup. Yeah. laughs> uh,
5: I mean, when I bought my Titanosaurus, it was part of the uh, what diamond. was the, the do you remember the diamond reissues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the diamond reissue series. So, Titanosaurus, when that was released, I bought that off Flossie's, and I bought it for a hundred and eighty US dollars before okay. shipping and customs. So, it, when it arrived, I still paid, you know, more than Americans would because of that additional shipping cost. However. I do want this seventy-five, so I am a little bit at a loss what to do. <laughs> but you know what? People aren't listening to us to- uh, this episode because <laughs> they want to hear about X plus. They're listening because they want to hear to this fine gentleman talk about his projects. Um, <laughs> I understand, Mister Santiago has twelve years plus as a makeup artist, if not more. Is that right? Right.
2: That is correct.
5: And you were a winner. On the Sci Fi Channel's show Face Off. What year was that? Uh, Season six. And I fully admit I've never watched an episode of that. I think that's largely because. It's not necessarily big over here. Paul, back me up so I don't just seem really, really rude to our guest. Have you come across Face Off?
4: <laughs> no, no, I haven't come across Face Off. Okay, the, the
3: I haven't show. even found the sci-fi channel over here. It's just not fair. <laughs> right,
5: okay. So, so there you That gives you a bit of context, um, Rashad. And most impressively, you're self-taught as a makeup artist. Yes. So can you give us a bit of a story behind that? Because that should be your most fascinating thing to hear about.
2: Sure, uh growing up, um, I didn't even know that special effects makeup artist was even a job title or something that I could get paid for. I just knew that watching these different characters and monsters and movies was something that I wanted to do um and I remember after watching the uh nineteen fifty four uh Godzilla for the first time uh as a kid, I must have been about six or seven, I think um and that just, what I was watching just blew my mind. Cause at that point I was already a fan of like dinosaurs mm. and dragons and lizards and everything that us boys played with. Um, and Godzilla was just like uh, levels above that, mm. just like his design yeah. and how big he was. And uh, that got the wheels and the gears turning. And I was like that, whatever they're doing, whatever I'm watching, that's what I want to be a part of. So uh, I started 2d, uh, drawing uh artwork um and then that transitioned into three-dimensional like small sculptures nothing big um and it wasn't until i saw the movie um enemy mine uh, oh i love that movie
1: movie. love that movie it's
2: so good it was that movie that opened my eyes for actual character makeup because everything up to that point i think was like creature suit or uh giant puppet or something animatronic uh (laughs) But the Drax in that movie, they were all makeup and done up to the point where, you know, I thought I was looking at a real alien. Um, And uh, I was like, that's something I want to get in as well. So I started uh, playing around one of the early techniques that uh, you could use if you didn't have any uh, money for like the foam latex or the stuff to do the prosthetics. It was like Elmer's glue and toilet tissue, which is basically how I started, which I would do little cuts on my face, I would make it look like, you know, the Terminator, you know, just doing little things like that. Um and then I wound up getting a job uh in the city uh was a it was a Halloween store that was open all year round. Um and That's an amazing a,
1: concept in and of
3: itself.
2: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was really cool. And what they did was they would their Halloween section was always Halloween, but there were other parts of the store that were seasonal. So they would have things for St. Patty's Day and have things for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it was it's really really cool store. Um, And they had what any costume that you could possibly need, they had it. Um, Contacts, teeth, uh, facial prosthetics, wigs, nails, like weapons, you name it, they had it. Um, so it, I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, when I started working there, um, we basically had some freedom with being able to do our makeups. So when people came in, they would see us. And so I would get to work like an, like an hour early and do my face to look like a creature or something like that. We couldn't use any of the prosthetics because those were about 50 plus American dollars, uh, just for the actual foam latex piece. Um, So that was fun. Um, And then, uh, like, I want to say, like, around season four of Face Off, uh, while I was watching the show, um, I was going through the routine of doing what they were doing on the show. So when they would get their challenges, uh, I would pull out my sketch pad and I would start drawing just to come up with a quick concept. Uh, and then when it got to the sculpting phase, I would pull out a block of clay and start sculpting what my con- my concept was on a life form. Um, that way, I-, I felt like I was prepped and ready when they advertised for the next season, which was season five. So I auditioned for season five, uh, and then they uh, cast me for season six.
5: And what was that like when they cast you for that?
2: Uh, well, it was a... I don't know how long the process was. It had to be like six months from the time that I started to the time that I actually got the call uh, to be on the show. So um, I think I had already like took myself out of being a contestant on the show. Um, Because I was like, too much time has passed. They obviously, they they didn't like what I did too much. So uh, I had to start working uh, and not waiting for that to just happen. Yeah.
5: I was going to say there's a balance to be had between keeping people engaged and, oh, have I got on, have I got on, and just drawing it out unnecessarily because you said six months. To me, that would kind of just be deflating and almost, well, okay, that was a waste of time. Um,
2: Yeah, and that's, I I feel like it it kind of felt like that in a way. It was kind of like a sweet and sour because I was like, yes, I got to be a part of that process and I got to be in front of, Uh, the producers for the show so they know my face, they see my work they know what I'm capable of so if anything else comes up now I'm in their minds for whatever that might be Uh, Yeah. Um, so I actually started working at White Castle which is a fast food chain restaurant here Um, it's an amazing fast food restaurant yeah and uh, I was like I gotta start working you know if something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So I started working at White Castle for I want to say about three weeks to a month, maybe, or maybe it was a little longer than that. Uh, when I got the call, and I saw the you know missed call from a California number, um, and I you know I told my person in charge at the time I was like, "Hey, I've got to call this number back. I think it's about work." And I called them back, and they were like, "Hey, Rashad." Um, we just want to let you know and congratulate you that you've been cast for season six. So very emotional moment. Some tears were shed. Um, and uh, it was, I think from the time that that took place from the time that I actually left for the show, uh, I want to say maybe a couple of weeks. Cause I had to get my uh, passport in order. um, and that took a little while, and then I was on my way to L.A. to film the show.
5: What were the other contestants like on Face Off?
2: They were fun. I know for my season um, and for some of the other artists that I've met over the years, uh, they've just, we were all uh, a family on my season. Um, it was, you know, even though we all knew we were there for uh, competition, sure. uh it doesn't, doesn't stop you from, like, liking somebody or thinking they're cool and, you know, just kind of everybody's there is an artist, so you see their work and you're like, yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, and, you and, you know, you, Shared
5: you, love of the industry and of the skill. Yes. The yeah. craftsmanship. Um, yes. Were you all, sorry, were all the contestants on that season self-taught, like yourself?
2: I don't know if it was me and another, I know the majority of everybody on the show, I don't want to misspeak, but I know the majority of Everybody on my season either went to school or had some form of training.
5: Okay. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um and after face off, when you won that season, what then happened for your career? Because presumably you did not return to the fast food industry.
2: <laughs> no, I did not. That was uh a, a promise that I made to myself and that I would do whatever it took in this business to stay busy and, you know, have work coming in. Um so uh after the show it was just immediate ride uh to do um comic cons and conventions and you know uh they I went out to Dubai to do a uh, makeup uh seminar and just kind of teach about what I do um as well as uh, a lot of places in the states a lot of comic conventions where it was just the same thing basically you know, meet the fans, talk with the fans, um, and then do makeup demos and show people in the live what we did on the show.
5: Oh, cool. That sounds fun. And presumably that's when you launched your studio, which I can see you wearing the t-shirt of. Richard Santiago
1: Studio.
2: Uh, this is a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a fairly... I want to say a fairly recent thing. Um, After the show, um... And, you know, I did get the winnings from the show. Um, There was a lot of things. Now that my 32-year-old brain thinks back, it's like, man, I could have done so much more um, with the winnings uh, than what I did. Um, Because I think I've only been in this building where I've had my own space for three years. Um, And it's been six years since Face Off. So that first three years after the show, I had uh, just a little section in my house that I was working Mm. out of. Um, But yeah, uh, it's been every month or so It's just like a slow expansion. My first studio space was probably about the size of this office Mm. um, in this building. Um, And then a couple of months later, I had to expand because I had too much things in my... I literally had to take stuff out of the room in order to get in there and work on
5: stuff (laughs) so (laughs) it must be wonderful to look back and see how it's transitioned kind of retrospectively just it's grown and grown and not just overnight from what you're saying
2: yes um it, it does take time because as in this industry there's always something to work on um especially and it's unfortunate that this whole pandemic thing is happening you know for the people who have lost their lives mainly uh but um everything production wise film wise music video wise television wise has been shut down so a lot of my work has slowed to a call mm. um and this is the busy time like from i want to say from april to september or early october is like mad rush so um it's been a little difficult to try to find things so that's why I've switched over uh mainly to the collectible world. Uh finding people like yourself who yeah. uh, want custom items or
3: I know I'm on your Etsy and I'm looking at this creature from the black lagoon and I'm just like
1: Oh I'm no room but Oh <laughs> uh,
2: also I've learned that I have to start scaling down my items because like myself and all the collectors that i know uh, having something that's large and impressive would be nice if you had the space yeah and the room but most <laughs> that, that's a vicious most thing to die.
5: be saying on this podcast can, <laughs> can you not say that you know that's a bit
1: on the nose dude <laughs> <laughs>
2: just just saying you know i've got a couple terms of that myself i'm like you know i would love a one-to-one scale t-rex head in my house (laughs) i I got shot down for the
3: one-to-one scale t-rex that was a
2: serious
5: thing that i had a debate with a little while back i'm not even kidding this well well there you go joe will get it off you
4: yeah job done don't Mm -hmm. worry about that yeah
5: yeah, I mean, I mean, how we'll handle the shipping from the U.S. over to I mean, <laughs> no, from and the, the U.S. Got
3: inside then. <laughs> and, yeah. and the customs fees. If you handle the customs <laughs> fees, that's all that I care about. Yeah, The customs fees here are so funny.
5: Before we take our first break, Rashard, serious question. For people listening to this, in relation to COVID and the impact to your industry, is there any message that you can send out to them on how they can support uh, content creators like yourself?
1: Yeah, uh,
2: you can go to a, a lot of us. You, you can just message us, uh, find out what we're working on at the time, if we have anything available. Uh, like myself, I have an Etsy store. Um, uh, and, you know, my normal Facebook, my normal Instagram. If you see something on there that's not on the Etsy store, or as I tell people all the time, if you want something custom and brand new, you can just go uh, look us up. Look me up, Rashad Santiago, at Rashad Santiago on Facebook, Instagram, um, and just ask if you if you want something. If you want something to add to your collection that nobody has, and you'd be the only one that has it. Nice.
5: That unique element is always what draws us in, isn't it? Yeah. It's time to take our first break, guys. Thank you very much so far. Recently, on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station.
1: Well, what's the main
4: uh, think... what's the main planet that, that indoor? The forest moon of Endor. It's a moon. So it's there's a major planet, obviously, that it-
2: Is the forest moon of Endor? Is Endor the actual planet, then?
4: See, th- isn't that confusing? <laughs> yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Screen
3: heroes. If the MCU gets that, then I really think that Space Jam needs to be part of the DCEU. Yes! Okay, because and they
2: have a big
0: Marvel
1: versus DC crossover
3: where Airbud takes on Space Jam.
5: Man, we should write for these companies. That's what it comes It's
3: Airbud versus Bugs Bunny. That's, That's what it's right. all come down
1: to, one on one. Yes, done. All right, and then like
4: at the end, it's Galactus versus LeBron James, and Squirrel Girl
5: wins. Red shirts and runabouts. Something we've talked about before, and other people have. But there's, there's so much of real life history involved with star trek from gene roddenberry's days his time in the military as, as on on a bomber pilot as a bomber crewman you know james doohan serving all these people and all these real life events that have impacted things that's very realistic of political
3: and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control subscribe today at heroespodcast.com com, spotify apple Podcasts, spreaker Podcast addict and more.
2: Hi, this is Rashad Santiago and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. That was brilliant.
3: Yeah, so during the break, we've been talking about all of the amazing things that Rashad has done uh, with his career and his art. So we were getting to face off and, you know, you opened the door so you met a couple of celebrities, you've gone to cons and whatnot. So can you tell us? more about what it's like to create a character and what the steps are for that like say that you're just like someone who is bored at home and can't go out for whatever reason and you just want to take up a hobby that's accessible from home that you wouldn't have to go and do with other people get where i'm going with this so what steps you know would you do as someone that's starting out that like thought it looked like an enjoyable hobby
2: well i'll start with uh, me and that I can go into what people can do. Okay. Um, when I'm designing a character or I have a chance to design a character, I try to think about what makes me uncomfortable or what scares me. Usually, when you start there, um, that gives you a good springboard Uh, be- because I'm around this stuff all the time. So if it's something that can scare me, I know for sure it's going to scare other people. <laughs> um... So, uh, you start with just an idea, um, just to give you a, uh, a better understanding. When I was doing my monster for Beast of the Water, uh, which is a film I wrote, uh, and directed, uh, my first feature, actually, cool. which is on Amazon Prime, if you want, and go check that out. Um, what's it about? Uh, shameless. Oh, it's a, uh, uh, think hmm don't make it way too much but basically
4: <laughs> is there a okay. beast in the water
2: there is a monster yes
5: okay. um, a monster. how long is it roughly
2: uh it's an hour 30. It's, it's like normal hour 30 hour 45 okay. yes yeah, so, so like sta- yeah n-
5: normal uh, and okay. um, what kind of a- what age group is it
2: um there are some f-bombs uh so then there's some murder death killing um, so i would say pg-13
5: yeah yeah okay okay yeah, 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 absolutely.
2: Yeah, there's no nudity or sex or anything like that. It's purely, uh, this is my donation to, like, the Creature from the Black Lagoon Predator-style mm-hmm. monster movie-making. Um, oh,
3: dude, I found
2: it.
5: It looks
3: class.
2: Yeah. Please, check it out. If you if you, if you got some time later tonight, check it out. Maybe we can do, uh, Could
5: you say the name of that again, please?
2: Uh, it's Beast of the Water.
5: Beast of the Water. Thank you very much for that. And when did you make yes. that? What year was that?
2: Uh, we started filming that in 2016, uh, some pickup shots in 2017 mm-hmm. and in 2018, and it was released January of 2019.
5: And what was the production cost roughly of that?
2: I want to say 750000 Okay. Um, US dollars. Um, and was that crowdfunded? No, that was uh, some uh, wealthy backers uh, cool. that my friend was working with, some down-to-earth Probably the nicest people I've ever met um, uh, that just had the money and they heard my idea, my concept, and they were like, we want to help you make this. Um, Basically, my buddy had a three-picture deal with these people. He made his first movie and he basically had an opportunity to share the wealth. Um, So he brought me on to help me make my movie and then they wound up doing a third, a different, bringing on somebody else and doing somebody else's film. Ah, uh, but yeah, it was. That's a really wholesome story.
5: Yeah, that's wonderful of um, people sharing that wealth and sharing the opportunities of other people. It's not like your friend didn't just hoard that, you know? Like, oh, yeah. it's all mine. Yeah, that's really, really nice. Yeah,
2: and we actually met on Face Off. Uh, he's his name is Rick Prince. He was on season five. Uh, helped me write Beast of the Water, um, and he's just been a good friend ever since, bringing me on for different jobs and helping me out. So he's a real awesome guy. And if you guys have a chance, go check him out. Rick Prince. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. Um, oh, cool. And uh, yeah,
5: he's awesome. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I think it's time that you tell us about Terror from Beyond Beyond.
3: We didn't get to the question that I asked him. We totally diverted <laughs> to Beast <the> <laughs> Water. I'm okay, of course.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mind? Joe, I am here. hear you. What was that? Joe, you're breaking up.
2: <laughs> but real quick, uh, just to answer Joe's question before we go to TFBB, if you're sitting at home and you want to create some characters, I would suggest just trying to find, depending on the genre you're trying to create a character for. Pencil and paper, I'm sure everybody has that accessible, whether it's a napkin or... Uh, some line paper or some blank white paper. Think of what scares you or what might scare somebody. Think about a shape you don't want to see in the dark. <laughs> Under your bed, in the closet, uh, coming up with a character. Uh, think about star backstory. That was something we dealt with a lot on Face Off was um, coming up with a backstory for a character that helped explain why the character looked the way they look or why they did what they did, um, which is cool. Um, look at nature. Uh, a lot of my inspiration comes from the ocean or from animals. Uh, so feel free to look at your dog or look at your cat or your pet fish or something like that and design a character based on them.
5: The The ocean is terrifying, to be fair.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, just it, It's terrifying, but filled with some of the most magnificent and beautifully painted creatures ever. Um, but yeah, Joe, hopefully that answers your question.
1: Yeah, cool.
3: I'm happy with that. Now Alex can't hijack my question. He'll be having words of me later. <laughs> oh
4: well, Actually, I'm, I'm going to quickly get in before we move on. So I've just been checking out your um, Etsy page, your uh, RS Dangerous. Studio Creations. Yeah, looking at some very cool yeah, things. I love that you've got the guy with a mask in there. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about Steve Lang at the break Obviously that's one of his films Love the guy, the Predator, mm-hmm. Velociraptor The one mm-hmm. thing that that I think's missing Is that there's like a Graboid um, <laughs> From the Tremors series <laughs> oh, Have you ever done something like that?
2: Yes, right. I actually have a graboid uh, warm-up that I made, but I also... Oh, you guys will get a kick out of this. I'm already getting a kick out of it. Paul <laughs>
3: managed to slide another Tremors reference into another episode. That was a
5: flawless segue. <laughs> well, how do good. you do that? I think there was a, there was a risk uh, that I was going to steal a Tremors reference because <laughs> I've interrupted Job. Actually, I'd forgotten about Tremors existing. Well, I had
2: to correct that. That's one of the greatest... <laughs> when I saw that movie for the first time I did not want to leave my aunt's house because they instantly became real and I thought that as soon as I started walking on the ground they were going to get oh me. dude I lived
3: in Kansas there's like nothing anywhere
2: it's like Graboid Central so this is the Walmart that I did oh Paul Walmart. you need you
3: need one of those dude yeah, I, need one, yeah. I need one of them
2: Let me...
4: how old I'm are you Paul speak, how old am I yeah I actually don't know <laughs> Thirty-seven.
5: Okay, so for your fortieth birthday, right? You know, you know what's heading your way. Head. Just just checking. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll, I'll happily pay the so postage. This, <laughs> I'll send you guys the little set I'm doing. I don't think this exists anywhere, but I'm trying to do this before somebody else does. Ooh. Basically, the graboid's going to be like eight inches long, and then the characters you can oh, okay. feed them inside the graboid <laughs> to come comes with like a little truck and all that stuff uh, they're sending. Through. Oh, it's perfect.
5: On our Tremors episode, we found that there was a Kickstarter that didn't ever get off the ground, but there was a Kickstarter to make a series of graboid monsters, and they looked pretty good. But it was never meant to be. So um, we decided that we needed to drop Tremors into the conversation wherever possible. <laughs> and the responses from guests have yeah, ranged it's... from "Hey, I love Tremors" to the "Why are you mentioning this?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> um Tremis was awesome man that was one of the that was actually one of the films that uh watching the behind the scenes features for gave me my inspiration for creating uh my monster from Beast of the water um nice
1: oh wow uh, it
2: was basically how how the director and the I believe the writer were talking about hey what if I, we were stuck on this rock and there was something under the sand that was stopping us from being able to and that was like the general idea for tremors and i was like that's like genius just thinking like that and coming up with the characters and uh the worms themselves were just like so original and from as far as like the fur the worms from the first one that's something that you can see as being a real thing that potentially exists somewhere you know absolutely it didn't have yeah. Yeah, it didn't have too much on it where it's like, no, nah, that's not something that could be possible. It was definitely something that I saw, and I was like, that's a real thing. It's, it could be a real animal. So so the uh,
3: the Graboids did make an appearance. The I think it was one of the original Graboids series, but has anybody here besides me seen the Werner Herzog film, An Incident at Loch Ness?
5: I have not. No.
3: All right, so if you watch this film, it's meant to be – a documentary about guys making a documentary on Werner (laughs) Herzog. It's just things start going awry. Things start just unraveling as they try and make like this mini documentary at Loch Ness. And Werner Herzog is a famous documentary maker and he's made incredible films, but it was, it's meant to be like a dry comedy. And um, they do end up finding the Loch Ness monster. I'll spoil that. Uh, It's on the front cover, so I figure that's safe. But as it passes by, because basically what Herzog does at the end is he takes the camera and thrusts it in front of him under the water. The skin that you see going by, the budget was low enough that they didn't actually make a new monster. They just put a graboid skin underwater (laughs) and moved it past the camera. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And it's in the special features of that. Like, it's really fun in that sense. They did, I think they did uh, two props. There was the one that I just said was under the water. And then they basically has this sphere. So it's like a humpback whale as it does that rolling arch as it goes underwater again. Yeah. You don't see a face. You don't see a face or anything. But you just see, like, this hump come and roll up out of the water. So it's just like this little rig Terrible. that they have. But uh yeah, it, it's a really really funny uh movie. But essentially it's like the end of jaws, you know, like where they're all stuck in the orca and it's sinking, just draw that Ooh. out to half an hour long and they all hate each other. It's <laughs> fantastic.
1: <laughs> but oh, <laughs> I have promised man. myself That's that up.
5: I will track down anyone from the Tremor uh, Tremor's franchise. I don't mind whether it's an actor or a special effects artist. There needs to be a way to get someone on, but uh, generally speaking, my stalking tactics have worked. <laughs> uh, I find that if I just barrage people, eventually they give up and they're like, "Oh, for God's sake, yes, I'll be on your show." Yeah, you need to get Michael Gross. Um, right, terror from beyond beyond. I'm so sorry, Rashad. We we are <laughs> terrible hosts. No, no this worries. is silly.
2: No, no worries.
5: Right. Okay. Um. So. To a total novice who's not even read your Kickstarter profile, what is Terror from Beyond Beyond all about, in a nutshell?
2: Uh, Some scientists are trying to prove that prehistoric life still exists in the 1950s time. Um, And a dead one washes up on the beach, which is an infant that the military has killed accidentally. Um, And mama comes looking for a baby. Mm-hmm. And
5: okay. it's probably a daft question to ask now because I can tell where you've drawn your influence. But <laughs> what uh, <laughs> what influence do you have for this film? What pictures are you drawing on? What material?
2: Um, I think what's funny is I did a uh, this concept uh, with my buddy of mine's Greg. Um, we kind of talked about it and then i instantly designed the monster and then just started writing um and then once i started writing i went on a binge of watching like beast from 20,000 fathoms uh creature from the black lagoon uh 20 million mar- miles to earth uh just like a lot of the uh classic movies and seeing their structure and there was always there's always some Scientists or doctors and, you know, the, the military that doesn't believe that this thing could exist and, you know, the love interest. And mm-hmm. I just try to pull the best aspects from those movies and, you know, just tell a fun story um, as well as return to that practical style of monster filmmaking where you didn't just put people in a green room and say, OK, now there's something over here that's very scary um, we need you to pretend to be scared of it. Um, so we're doing, uh, creature suit, uh, as you can see from the, 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 the Kickstarter, there was stop motion involved. Um...
3: I'm really impressed with the stop motion, by the way. I think that's
2: a great thank nod. Thank you. I, I did that all myself here in the shop, building the little 4x4. Four four. That was on a 4 foot by 4 foot table top, uh, that I made, um, and made all the little dinosaurs. so they're actually all, uh, up there. You know what? I can't just say it. I gotta show go up.
3: <laughs> Rashad is now getting up to get the dinosaurs to show all He's of us. He's at the
4: table. He's picked up the dinosaurs.
2: Very excited to see this. Let's have a look at these dinosaurs. And these guys are... Of course, these are never going anywhere because they're mine. <laughs> but, for as far as oh, the Kickstarter...
3: That's great! Okay. That's very 1925 blosser Yeah. <laughs>
2: out. Yeah, so they they are all you know. I built oh, a wow. skeleton for. Um, they're stunning. What are they? What are yeah, they modeled so, out of?
5: Please, what material is that?
2: So uh, they were sculpted in a monster clay uh, that I molded them and then cast them in a flex foam uh, and then painted them with latex um, and then acrylic paint. So they are pretty. Just they're models now that are just going to stay on the shelf and
5: well. They are your legacy for your for your son, for your three kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I th- I figured that'd be something cool for them if they think it's cool. I know they're probably not going to think it's cool now, maybe when they get our age. When, like when they more. hit
5: 20 and realize that their dad's a hero. Yeah.
2: I'm like, oh, you did that? Yeah. That's awesome. Family heirloom. But yeah, I, d- I, was, I was trying to get somebody who could do stop motion for this, and you know, I sent out a couple of emails and you know, wrote to a couple of people on Instagram and no people were interested, but nobody either had the time or nobody wanted to do it. There's a fella named
3: Mike Tharn in our
2: group mm -hmm, who is incredible with stop motion. uh, See, I I wish I would have known that. But you know, for what it's worth, I did have a lot of fun doing this. Um, I did hurt my back, but it was a lot of fun. Uh retrospect if I would have thought about it in advance i probably would have raised the table up (laughs) so i was loving it and didn't have to keep bending over to move the puppets (laughs) Um, (laughs) very strenuous
5: and in terms of straining your back how many hours collectively were you forward flexed to have strained your back
2: um you know what's funny i didn't time how long that whole process took but I, it took 488 pictures um, to make that stop-motion video. So if you could imagine, for every one move that a, one of the dinosaurs did, I had to move the camera twice and snap a photo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do the math on that. Uh,
5: I mean, there's a reason why stop-motion's not used frequently. It's very time-intensive yes. and clearly uh, physically intensive.
2: So this, the shot itself was only, I believe, 16 seconds long, which is, I mean, if you... That was at 30 frames a second. Just imagine how long it would have taken to do something that's an hour long. Yeah. You know, I originally thought of doing <laughs> uh, this as a stop-motion project, but I, I wanted to incorporate as much. So there might be a scene or two of the monster stop motion wise but for the most part it's going to be Guy in a suit and the little miniature puppet that I have that I can go run and grab here in a second Um, which is just straight out of the films we love just something about even though my favorite thing was and we talk about this all the time uh, me and my friends is how different the hand puppet for the original Godzilla looked from the actual suit
1: for sure yeah
2: um, and there was just something about that that just, as a you know, a kid, you don't really pay attention to. And then when we get older, we're like, man, that's just, just the artistry that went into a lot of that stuff was just brilliant. And that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna build miniature city. You know, once the Kickstarter goes through, a lot of that money is going to building the miniatures and doing all the practical effects that we have to do for this. That's film. excellent.
5: Okay. It is time to take our second break. So it's been fascinating to hear that. And in the third and final part of this episode, I'd like to hear from you, Richard, how our listeners can help support this very important grassroots Kickstarter project.
0: Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favourite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, The only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive. phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax if you cancel credit stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due contact us qualifying credit consumer plan required see details at tmobile.com
5: welcome back friends you're listening to kaiju curry house this is part three of our episode with richard santiago we have been talking about terror from beyond beyond and now we're going to hear how you the listeners can help support this fantastic project richard take us away
2: yeah so The best way, I say, is if you can, we have a Kickstarter up right now. Uh, If you go to Kickstarter and just type in Terror from Beyond Beyond, you will find us. If you can, just share the link, post it to your family, to your friends. Just really drive people nuts. You know, post it on a daily basis, (laughs) send it to their inbox, call them, talk to them about it. Um, That's really what helps us the most. Uh, We know that actually donating to the Kickstarter... You know, um, will get us the financial backing, uh, but the more people that see this and the more people that are hearing about this is really what we want. We want that buzz. We want people talking about it and excited to see it as much as we are.
5: Brilliant. When do there you, you hope for the film to actually be released?
2: Well, if the Kickstarter, if and when the Kickstarter uh, reaches its goal, uh, we should... Uh, the time's going to be up in july i believe sometime in early july um i don't know what the time frame is for the money to be released to us um but yeah i'm hoping to have since we're doing everything in-house another thing i wanted to mention we're trying to decide whether or not we're going to opt for actors or for using puppets for the human actors that way we don't have to worry about scheduling or you know being in contact with people, worrying about COVID yeah. and things like that. So that's that's kind of what we're trying to decide now. Um, P- I have a Puppets are cool, cool idea. Yeah, and you know if it's if it's done right, we really don't have to worry. Uh, I'm I'm thinking less Team America World Police style and more um, Dark Crystal. I don't know if I've seen Powell from Beyond the Fog. Oh, yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's... Yes, Howl from Beyond the Force. That's the one. Um, where it's more realistic, um, and we can get, you know... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like that. That's what we're trying to decide. That way, we'll be able to do everything in-house, and we could. the release on the film will be a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were looking for, a, a, I mean, end of the year the latest release on this. Oh wow, quite quick then.
5: For a Kickstarter, that's a very yeah. quick turnaround. Yeah, right.
2: yeah, because it's it's not... Again, it's a short. Mm-hmm. So um, we have all of our locations that we're going to be filming at and we're going to try to keep it... Uh, the thing that's probably going to take the longest time is probably doing the effects stuff. Um, and again, since we have the, lo- the space that we're going to be doing all that out of essentially we're just going to be using my studio um that's going to be around the clock film thing that either i'm going to be doing with a team of people here at the studio so we're as soon as that those funds clear that's what we're getting to work on is getting those effect shots and things out of the way which they're going to be enough uh we're, what i want to do is incorporate one of each type of money shot which we we'll call in the film industry is a money shot uh that I've enjoyed or I love seeing in uh the Godzilla movies um uh what you say, Joe? I didn't hear you money shot, oh okay, yeah, um, which is just like a really cool shot, basically, for where you got your monster destroying the city in the background. You've got your mid-ground buildings and stuff, and then your foreground little tanks and people. Like, that'll be an example of, like, a money shot, where it's just a wide of everything that's going on in that one scene. I mean, the one that comes Um, to mind
5: for me in Godzilla King of the Monsters, most recently, when Godzilla looks up to the sky and then does the atomic breath and lights up. Like, that is the poster shot. That is where everyone, everyone goes... Ooh!
4: Yeah, and, you know, for it. me cool.
3: in Godzilla in Godzilla twenty fourteen it would be the airport.
5: Yeah, when when they drop down. Yep.
4: Yeah, that's what no, I was going no, for no, the no, Halo no, drop.
5: no, 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 no. Nope. But you not not mean
4: the, the, the fight, don't you, between the the, the first Muto? Yeah, when the
3: airport, they meet yeah. the first time, you don't see the fight. Just like when you first see Godzilla in all his glory, like mm. that for me was just like yeah, yeah, oh,
1: yeah,
3: amazing. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah. cool
1: bit
4: in the trailer that makes you go. I'm seeing that. <laughs> what is your favourite yeah, money I'm shot in a
1: film? Um,
2: if I've got to go...
5: It doesn't have to be Godzilla. Just like <laughs> any kind of monster movie.
2: Okay, so, although this movie was terrible, um, I really liked the... The first... Uh, the, the remake of... Um, uh, Clash of the Titans when they reveal the the Kraken, Kraken, that whole spin around with like his, his things opening and the shell coming off from his head and him roaring at the camera. That's probably one of the coolest like monster reveal shots mm-hmm. like of all. Time. That's like one of my favorites. Um, probably the coolest part of the movie. Uh, but that's what I'm thinking of when I think of like. A uh, monster reveal or opening, um, but if we have to go, yeah, I, I would, I would peg that one from from recent.
4: And Paul, yes, I go to Joe. I'm trying to think. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get out! You got <laughs> to spring that on me. For goodness' sake, <laughs> Joe, what is it? Just my.
3: I thing. Mean, they have so many. Just all right. So are we talking just like the monster verse? Are we talking recent? Like no, just anything.
5: Just, just where yeah. we're shooting the shit. Re-
3: just epic reveal. Just like reveal. a moment where you get chills. Well, I've already mentioned the Godzilla airport scene. Um, relatively recently, Rogue One, when the red lightsaber lights up. Oh hell yeah! Nice. That was the best 10 seconds of that movie. Like,
5: tell you what.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you knew it was about to get real.
5: Well, consider. My favorite part of. About- Sorry, after you Rashad, shot, please.
2: No, I was going to say, my favorite part about that whole segment is that the the, the theme music for that shot was literally the. the, the dun, 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 and they just
1: slowed it mm. down.
3: Oh, I never thought of that. I'm gonna to have to watch yeah, it again now.
2: If you, if you watch it, dude, you're gonna get even more. Jokes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so cool.
5: Well, considering my the daughter, bird, Anakin my daughter just young found lady. out, huh?
3: My okay, so my daughter's been watching Star Wars during COVID, and I wanted to make her watch the cartoon, you know, like Clone Wars. No, oh, yeah. we wanted to watch Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's six. So like I edited out bits of clone wars, you know, like you know, just here and there. We like Yoda, Yoda's cool, but I, the reason I had her start on the prequels, I tried to make her watch the original trilogy a while back and it just didn't work. But Jar Jar Binks and Little Anakin, like that sold it. So we watched the first one, like, oh yay, good feelings, sad about Qui-Gon, <laughs> but the baddie got it. He certainly did. But second one, you know, the Clone Wars, like, oh, Anakin's grown up and he's in love. He loves her. She loves him. <laughs> love. oh. It's like she's, she's <laughs> the queen. And like, oh, they kissed. And then, oh, Yoda's a lot. He's so small, but he's so good. You know, like, it was all brilliant. And then, you know, like, Revenge of the Sith. And then, you know, like, oh, Anakin's amazing. Like, look at that. Obi-Wan's amazing. And then... It was so. The bit comes and um, Mace Windu loses a hand, and then he just loses his life.
1: And she goes,
3: "Daddy," and then she goes, "Daddy, what's happening?" And I just go, "Well, Charlotte," because I pa- I paused the movie at this point because this is this is going to be you know like an interesting character development moment. So I said, "Okay, Charlotte, Anakin had a choice." He could be a good guy and Padme spoiler, non-Star Wars people, I feel I feel it, you know, I'm gonna throw that out here. You know, Padme is gonna die. And Anakin wants to save her. And the bad guy says he knows how to save her. But if he's gonna save her, Anakin has to be a baddie too. He can't be a good guy anymore. <laughs> and Charlotte just nonchalantly goes that's a good trade daddy (laughs) my daughter is a Sith
1: what can I say
3: (laughs) so okay she was a Sith up until a point and I believe that was Anakin catching on fire which I did let her watch because we had to understand why he's in the suit so
1: it's
3: like daddy Anakin's really okay that was that's deeper than all right so I've looked this up because I'm a real Vader fan and like Prequel, they, they kind of hurt me a little bit. But anyways, we'll get into that. So anyway, Charlotte was like, oh, daddy's really hurt. And then he catches on fire. She's like, daddy, Anakin's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, There's a problem here. So it was really interesting. So I watched the new, and I, I remember being in theaters like, really? I mean, like James Earl Jones had a lot more, you know, like personality in his voice in the original trilogy than that. But that was actually apparently a creative decision by George Lucas. He wanted Anakin to be so stuck in that shell that, like, the suit wouldn't even allow him to express himself, like, outwardly. He couldn't appear, sorry. Like, that's his suit controlling the volume. So, like, we're recording Mm. on Skype right now, so it's, like, leveling all of our volume. That's his suit doing that. So it's not, I mean, like... He's just so repressed oh. in so many ways. Oh, okay. like, That's it's a lovely
1: terrible. way of
5: explaining what was really, really badly done.
3: <laughs> I know, I know. But I mean, like, it, mm. it made me feel better about that moment. Yeah. Because okay. everything in that oh. room is so, crushed. Sure. All these all these metal things are crushed. And then Sidious is just standing there like, everything's cool. Everything's cool.
5: All I know is that oh, wow. I'm now not the most guilty this episode for hijacking. No. and for derailing so that's good <laughs> but what i will say is that revenge of the sith brought the best memes the memes were amazing and still are good because the the whole kind of anakin killing the younglings there have been so many memes that have come from that and that's why rogue one was amazing because up until then They're it's like, well, you know anakin did nothing other than kill kids and then you know he's not a badass he's just murders kids and then you see rogue one it's like damn son respect
1: <laughs> but,
5: um, Joe, how are we gonna how are we gonna bring this back in?
4: Okay, I'm just really
5: sorry.
3: Well, saying, you were, ask- you were asking Park- about money shots that you know, that was really cool. Oh, Jurassic Park is just cool. The t the escapes. T-Rex breaking out of the paddock. That's, yeah, that's the Just back, just everything. Works. Oh, I didn't, Yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah really I love it. Yeah, when he, he looks that, looks out really... the
4: car, takes <laughs> his glasses off. I love it when they do that. In like they did that in um, was like Ted Two. And as soon as you could just hear the music playing in the background, I'm like, this is it. This is it.
2: Like, I know, it's, I can literally say that movie <laughs> from start to finish with musical cues and dinosaur sounds without having the movie playing. That's how much times I've watched Jurassic Park.
5: Yeah, it is an epic film. Can I give you mine? Cool then. When the operatic music starts playing as Shin Godzilla glows purple
4: oh yes that is very cool um very i got cool. goosebumps
5: from that and i don't generally get goosebumps in godzilla movies because they're great fun <laughs> but i acknowledge that they're a bit daft
4: yeah
2: but hell yeah well it's very it's very like uh that scene in shin godzilla was very oh yeah was very anime almost mm-hmm. like because that's a lot of the that's a lot of the music that they use in the animes and like yes. uh if you watch like Attack on Titan, and, uh, the anime, whenever the colossal Titan shows up, they've got kind of like that, and it's like you know,
5: you know. That was beautiful, Rashad. Thank yeah, you. that was beautiful.
2: Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I uh... yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> if
5: makeup doesn't work out for you pal, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, <room.
1: laughs>
2: oh yeah
5: absolutely though I think opera does kind of lend itself well Mm. in anime and it was fitting to that scene with Shinglezilla just because everyone was totally helpless to the destruction that he brought Mm -hmm. it's time time to wrap up this strange Frankenstein of an episode guys (laughs)
1: let's
5: do it Um, what we normally do is finish off with our personal recommendations now All of us should be saying that if nothing else, our listeners should be headed over to the Kickstarter. So can we have one more plug of that, please?
2: Awesome. Guys, if you can, please head over to Terra from Beyond Beyond's Kickstarter. It is live now. If you can, please share. And also, if you can, please donate.
5: Well, thank you for that. Joe, if nothing else... So,
3: if nothing else, I'm going to echo that, and the Kickstarter link for Terror from Beyond Beyond is already up on the UK Kaiju Fans page, so go ahead and have a look for that in the feed. Um, If nothing else, what I'm going to do is I'm going to recommend a practical effects movie that is near and dear to my heart. It's American Werewolf in London. Um, I think that that is some outstanding special effects work, some outstanding makeup work, and you just can't really go wrong with it. It's not a kid's movie, though. Also, I'm going to recommend Rashad's Etsy page, which is amazing and dangerous at the same time. So go go check that out.
4: Paul? Yep. Uh, so while here with Richard, I'll, um, I better be the one that shouts out, go check out Beast of the Water, which I believe he said is currently on Amazon Prime. So, yep, go check out that. And another thing, I've just come across a website today called artstation.com, which never heard of before, but I I came across while looking for some artwork. And it's a site that has not only fan art, but also movie artists, um, video game artists, and it's where they've put their Concept art or their or their fine art on projects they've worked on, so it's cool to see um, the artist who worked on Godzilla, Godzilla's layer in Godzilla King of the Monsters, and he was like showing, oh, cool, how, yeah, showing how he did that. Um, and he also worked on Hellboy and Blade Runner and stuff like this, and it kind of links all the things they've done. Uh, and it's so it's not just not just movies. Uh, I was looking at some actually, I was also looking at Pacific Rim because they cool up with that, but also um, like the Gears of War game that I've recently been playing. I thought I wonder what some of the prototypes were like and. Yeah, this website has it all. So, artstation.com is a a great great place to check out and follow artists. Wonderful.
5: Well, thank you for that, Paul. And thank you for those other recommendations. Do get yourself on Kickstarter to support Terror from Beyond Beyond. And my personal recommendation is to go on the website rayharryhausen.com, to have a look at the Ray and Diana Harryhausen Foundation. We were lucky enough to have Mr. John Walsh, who's a trustee from the Foundation, on our podcast. Quite a while ago now, he released a wonderful book about the lost films of Ray Harryhausen, which were the films that he began working on, but they never came to fruition. The Ray and Diana Harryhausen Foundation were going to be exhibiting a selection of absolute treasures from Harryhausen's works. And they were going to be in Edinburgh this very weekend. Today was going to be the launch day. However, due to COVID, that has been postponed. So please show your support by checking the website out and seeing what they've got in store down the line.
3: All right, folks, that about wraps it up for this episode, episode 40 of Kaiju Curry House. And as always, keep it Kaiju.
5: Thank you very much, guys. Goodbye.
4: Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Tip your waitresses. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. If you enjoyed it, why not visit heroespodcast.com to see other shows in the network. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at CurryKaiju or join our Facebook group, UK Kaiju Fans. Thanks very much and we'll see you next time.
2: like I watched I think the last monster movie I watched that was more recent was Underwater. Did you guys see it? Oh that? yeah.
5: I have not seen it. How I was it? I haven't seen it yet. I it seen it yet.
2: It's very uh, it's uh, the only way I could describe it is Ridley Scott like it's very shot in that way. Um you're right, appealing
4: to so Paul the huge Alien movie. fan. Well is it is it Alien or Alien <laughs> Covenant? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, oh, is that uh, an Alien it's... Covenant slam, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: on a scale of one That's to Prometheus, how idea. bad is it? <laughs> <laughs> i going
2: to get salty it's, now. It's...
0: Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, p pip powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. Bulbus walrus the bulbous walrus the name your price tool only from progressive the hour and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. progressive cream. casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law it's a new year which means new reasons to stop by qt like drinks to wash out the taste of last year <laughs> i need more and fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution pizza has tomatoes so technically it's a salad want to binge a new show we've got plenty to snack along with it like our new cheesy mac and cheese wow it's like my Wives, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip, QT. More than a gas station.